Hello, and welcome to another episode of Real Bad, the podcast about real bad movies and why they want to hurt us. I'm Nick Jenkins, and today I am joined by two friends, Tobin Addington and Nicole Sweeney. Good evening. <laughs> Hello. Wow. <laughs> I couldn't remember what time of day it was. I think the day quill is working overtime on me. So uh, today we are going to be discussing uh, a selection of Nicole's. Yes. Would you like to get us started on this? Sure. We watched Swim Fan, the 2002, what is it, gothic? Gothic teen thriller, <laughs> I think is what I texted you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With a lot of question marks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was a suggestion of, of a friend of mine, actually, back when I was trying to figure out uh, shitty movie movies that track that were like analogous to Pretty Little Liars. So uh, sure. thanks to my friend Shelly. Thanks, Shelly. <laughs> for yeah, this thanks, recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I think the first thing is I got to tell one of you to describe the plot. Um, Nick. Okay. Do it. Have you seen Fatal Attraction? Actually, no. Have you seen oh. Fatal Oh, yes. <laughs> then you've seen Swim Fans. Yes. <laughs> uh, but for those of you who haven't seen Fatal Attraction, this is about um, a young man. His name's Ben. Correct? Ben Cronin. Correct. Ben, ben Cronin. Cronin. Great name. Mm-hmm. That is a mm-hmm. great and name. And they say it a lot. Yeah. So, <laughs> they do. No, I just remember Ben. That's yeah. all I could remember. And th- actually, a side note that uh, we'll come back into is when they, when he and the main antagonist introduce each other, I could not understand what they were saying. <laughs> like they introduced their names, and I went, "What? <laughs> Who?" Huh. So anyway, mumbling was very big in the early 2000s. Right, mumblecore. Yeah. Right, yeah. late 90s, early 2000s. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. broody, mumbling people. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> so Ben is a swimmer. Apparently, he's like a world class swimmer because there's the Stanford people are coming to view his big lap. I guess I don't know quite how swimming works. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. You're doing great, uh-huh. sweetie. Uh-huh. He is. Uh, <laughs> He is really good at it. He's got a bunch of friends who are very much, you know, elbowing him in the shoulder like, I'm better than you. Oh, no, they're coming to see. I'm going to get. But then this new girl comes to town. Oh, let me first say that Ben has a very committed Overly lovely relationship mm-hmm. with Amy, like right? way too, way too good of a relationship for high school. Yep. Way, way too, too good, good mm-hmm. competent of a relationship, and uh, I really wanted this movie to be renamed "Amy Deserves Better." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, um, yes. <laughs> correct. Because she is uh-huh. also set up as this overly perfect um, human being right. that is yeah. like. She's flawless. Yeah. Should I I go to Brown or UC Berkeley? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. And anyway, uh, so he has this relationship and everything seems to be going right on track for good old Ben. But this new girl comes to the school. Uh, I can't remember exactly. Madison. Madison Bell. Madison Bell. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How you could forget, I do not know. I didn't. Oh, oh, sorry. sorry. I I could jump in there. Ben Cronin. But Madison Bell. I remember when she said that, thinking, this is going to be burned into my brain for a long time. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so she comes, She's she looks like as though she's from an affluent family, in some way feels very Southern. Uh, everybody online kept talking about her Southern accent. I did not hear any no. Southern no. accent. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Um, she comes to live with her cousin, mm-hmm. okay, who is odd mm-hmm. um, and is not treated well by any of Ben's friends. Mm-hmm. And she takes a liking to Ben. And I will say at the start of the film, she seems completely normal. Mm -hmm. Plays cello. 
Mm-hmm. Quite well. Mm-hmm. That's where actually some of the scenes I liked in yeah. the movie, like her cello moments. <laughs> cello work? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love a good cello. <laughs> so and I felt like let's this watch was... Erica Christensen pr- pretend to play the cello <laughs> yeah. some more. Oh, in the never, library, yeah. They, it was yeah. all in tight close-ups uh-huh. on right. hand or uh-huh. face. Or so behind her head. Yeah, yeah. behind yeah, her yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So she takes a liking to Ben, seduces him. Mm-hmm. Although, oh, God, mm. there's more to say here. <laughs> so she can't get into her locker, and this is when we find out that Ben has a shady past. Mm-hmm. So Ben asks for her hair clip, which I'm going to come back to. Right. Yeah. So her hairpin, so he can pick the lock on her locker mm-hmm. and let her in. And this is their meet cute. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's her, her first day of school. It's yes. her first day of school. Yes. But he picks the lock, and then you find out that he had a shady past where he did bad things at some point. I was not kind of clear what he did bad, because later on there are some things alluded to that I was also like, oh, wait. Mm-hmm. He explicitly at the diner states that he did drugs, and drugs led to stealing. Okay. That, I missed that, that then, yeah. apparently. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. I did catch the part about the pool, which we'll get to. So they sort of have this, you know, flirtatious little relationship, but he doesn't want to do anything because he's really into Amy and and he wants to be a good boy. And so Mm -hmm. he doesn't do anything, but she keeps, you know, putting her wiles on him. Mm-hmm. I guess it would be using her wiles. Whatever. You put the whammy. You know? But you use your <laughs> she wiles. She does that too. Yeah. That's coming so later. She uses her wiles to finally seduce him mm-hmm. into sleeping with her, well, not sleeping with her, having sex in the pool, which, first of all, the school, ew, po- the school a pool. public yep. pool. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yep. it's me being an adult mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. but. Yeah. I think even when I was younger, a teenager, when I saw this, I would have been like, "Oh no!" No, as a, as a teenager, mostly like even now, the like the the remnants of my much more afraid of authority child self. I'm like, you're going to get in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Kids, an authority figure will appear, and you will be in so much trouble. (laughs) I just the amount of awfulness that is contained within a public pool. Sure, yes. Oh, uh, yes. As an adult, I can look at that and... and Yeah. yeah. So gross. Anyway. (laughs) Also, though, can I just add one other thing? Go for it. They appear to be in eight feet of water at that point. They're at the deep end of the pool, and it says eight feet behind them. And so just from a... Like the logistics? logistics? I'm Uh not sure how exactly Uh this is working. Uh And now that's the least of the issues. Correct. I just would like to to point that out. But at that point in the story, of course, we're all suffering from that same thing of like, well, clearly this is no good. So (laughs) So it doesn't matter. So we're just watching for flaws. Reality has lost all meaning. All of our suspension of disbelief is gone. So we're looking at it and going, why are they having sex in eight feet of water? He's Mm -hmm. not holding on to anything. (laughs) Um, So anyway... Uh, they have sex, and she's sort of like, it'll just be our secret. And he's like, yeah, it'll just be our secret. And then he, she forces him to say, well, forces. She asks him to say, I love you, while they're having sex. Right. And then he does. Right. So after this, she just keeps sort of piling on more and more obsessive behavior. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. starts befriending Amy mm-hmm. in weird ways. And they're at a party when he... You know, really gets made uncomfortable because they're all three there, which could have been a very effective scene in a different movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But in this one, this suffers from something I want to talk about later where it's the post-it note problem. This whole movie could be solved with post-it notes. (laughs) (laughs) Just like a post-it note, please help me mom, you know, would would Mm -hmm. be. Mm -hmm. But anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, And then she starts to really break when he tries to 
really call it off with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to go through everything on sure. here. Just yeah. sort of general yeah. ideas. Mm-hmm. She snaps at that point. Uh-huh. And then through uh, becoming he his one of his friends gets killed by her and then it's sort of like she's trying to frame him for this uh-huh. and it's actually an effective scene where he headbutts the guy in the pool mm-hmm. like he's just swimming along and then his friend is face down in the yeah, pool right, yeah. right and then he just tonk oh, I right. I actually having <laughs> yeah. forgotten like because I saw last saw this movie when it was in the theaters right. you know like I forgot that that was coming and like the the abruptness yeah. of her yeah, turn yeah, yeah, yeah. like like cuz she was like like okay like now she's really angry and like bad stuff is coming but like I don't know that to me I was like what the fuck <laughs> yeah, yeah. murder yeah. like whoa yeah, we've definitely Here we go yeah. Yeah. lost a threshold like, yeah. we were we were in like one place right. and we have clearly like skipped several levels to yeah. get to a new place like with <laughs> that with him just like bumping into him in the pool it was like yes. a legitimately shocking moment which was it was trying to be that yes it was uh, and you know it was effective and, and one thing I'll say about this movie later is there were some very yeah. effective moments half yeah. a dozen moments in this work yeah. like that work like that really well yeah. yeah so he then is starting to kind of get framed for these things and then she just goes off the deep end and uh, like tries to run Amy down but at the same time or no tries to she does she mm-hmm. runs Amy down with his car with his car wearing a baseball cap his baseball cap because <laughs> mm-hmm. she's stolen her his keys and mm-hmm. then he ends up trying to find dirt on her so he infiltrates her house and then her cousin who is apparently also afraid of her Mm-hmm. gives him information that she has done this before. So Ben has to go to New York. I think they're in New Jersey. They're in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in New Jersey. And he goes to New York to find this original boyfriend that she had that she also did something horrible to because he's in a coma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then he gets her friends together. He gets his friends together to help trap her in her admitting to it. And one of them has a video camera, which is also something I want to talk about (laughs) later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the police come, they catch her, everything is fine, except she, in in another effective scene, (laughs) I feel, gets one of the cops' guns and kills them both. It, again, is it belongs in a different movie because <laughs> yeah. this is like Jason Bourne level. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, like yep. she is yeah. fucking efficient right. at this. Um, and then she kidnaps Amy, who's also nearly in a coma because she's been run over. Mm-hmm. Um, ties and, her and to is somehow in Ben's house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I, did that why? happen? Does, does Amy not have parents? Is yeah. this, a, this is another why? reason that Amy deserves better. Why is she why? not in the, the hospital? Yeah, or yes. not in the hospital, but like why after being released from the hospital? Hospital is she released to fucking Ben's mom? Like, yeah. why? I don't know. Why? Why? I don't know. Why? I mean, she's already <laughs> dealing with the fact that he cheated on her, and this really, you know, yeah, is a big deal. This is what, and like, you know, it's he's the reason why she was run off the road. Yes. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. maybe give her a couple yeah. days. This was weird. <laughs> Yep. It was yep. weird and unacceptable. Yep. Yes. Like it was, yes. I don't even care if they say, well, her parents are out of town. Keep her in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Keep yes. her in the hospital. She. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Madison mm-hmm. gets out. She's killed the two cops. She comes. She knocks out the mom mm-hmm. and knocks out Ben mm-hmm. with a trophy, I think, mm-hmm. and then steals away Amy to the pool. Ben wakes up, I don't know how long later, and then wakes up his mom. I was sure the mom was going to be dead, but right. she's not. She's just... Um, then goes to the pool, and 
Madison is like, you have to tell me you loved me, and you ah, ah, and then pushes Amy into the water in this heavy ass chair uh-huh. that she's handcuffed to, uh-huh. which actually is really weird too because they they planted that seed well because she was handcuffed. Like obviously Madison was handcuffed mm-hmm. in the police right. car, right. but then got the keys and so she had handcuffs. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's good screenwriting, but uh-huh. it did, uh-huh. in the service of what? Um, <laughs> so then. Uh, Ben jumps into the pool to save Amy, but he can't because she's handcuffed to the chair until he reaches into his pocket Mm -hmm. and pulls out Madison's hairpin. That's right. Mm -hmm. Has he been holding on to this (laughs) Uh hairpin for the Uh whole time? Apparently. So either he's fucking nasty and doesn't wash his clothes or (laughs) he's also a fucking creep. Yeah. (laughs) Like I think we were supposed to feel... Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Why? Why? But why is it still there? And what you can feel is the screenwriter, when the moment they they figured that out and did laps around whatever room they were writing in, thinking thinking they had just unlocked this movie. You You guys, I got it. Exactly. Uh Exactly. I've had those moments, and they're usually no good. You're you're wrong. You're wrong. You're you're, you're too excited. You're too excited. You're missing it. Where you think you've cracked the code, Mm -hmm. but really you've just inserted more problems. Yeah, I, I know those feelings. Yep. So anyway, he he rescues Amy, and I forgot too that they have uh, they have seeded that Madison can't swim. Mm-hmm. Um, fine, but she falls in the pool or jumps in the pool after him. She he pulls her because she was like swatting, well, swatting him, him yeah. with the stick or Which whatever. Actually, I thought was also effective. Was yeah, like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so she gets pulled in, and she's trying to cling on to Ben, and Ben is trying to save Amy. Mm-hmm. And then eventually Ben gets away from her and gets Amy up on the side of the pool and Madison drowns. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's this pointless fucking coda to the whole thing mm-hmm. where you find out that Ben isn't really a swimmer anymore. And then they drive away. But he's still got the girl. Yeah. But he's still got the Ford Bronco. <laughs> <laughs> that ran over the girl. That ran, uh-huh. over, that ran the over the girl. That ran over the girl. <laughs> Not the like it's <laughs> trade that car in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. did I miss anything? No, no, that, that's uh, that's all the essential beats. I yeah. remember seeing this film, or seeing the trailer for this mm-hmm. film, mm-hmm. and the bizarre thing to me is that after watching it, I felt like I had seen it all from that trailer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are yeah. no surprises in yeah. this movie mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> like, it is, the trailer is all you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you hadn't seen it before. I hadn't. Yeah. Had you? I had, yeah. I really? saw it when it came out. Yeah. Oh, you both of you did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why did you do that? <laughs> well, it came out in 2002, so I was 14. Right. So I don't know why did I do anything that I did when I was 14. <laughs> That's true. It's not fair to ask <laughs> any of us what they were doing when they were 14. Yeah, That's just, right. just so yeah. we're clear. Uh, I saw some real shit yeah. in the movies when I was... 14. Yeah. Jesse Bradford was the the dreamy boy in Bring It On. Okay. I don't know. Sure, Jesse Bradford, I'll go see your new movie. I I don't have the excuse of being 14. (laughs) Um, But I have to say, the the idea of of taking Fatal Attraction and putting it in high school. It sounds awesome to me. The idea of like an erotic teen thriller is, mm-hmm. is that's that's right up my alley. I don't I, know what that says about me, but like that's <laughs> like I'm 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 ready. Yeah, I, I'm I'm also into yes, teen just in general like yes, suspenseful teenager yeah. movies. I I'm I'm here for that. Yeah. Well, I would also agree with that because like it's one of the things I loved about Brick. 
Right. Which is, I don't know if you've seen Brick, Nicole. Um, you should. Yeah. It's okay. really good. Okay. So okay. Brick is uh, a film, it's a film noir that takes place in a modern high school with Joseph Gordon-Levitt as the main character. Uh, but they all speak as though it is a 1940s noir. Okay. But it is okay. deadly serious. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it is not making fun of it. Uh-huh. And it's just one of the best films ever made. Okay. And it is gripping and... No, we're not real good's the last segment, Nick. I know. I, I, I just figured out my real <laughs> yeah, good. There it is, yeah, there is. When I was making notes on on my real good, I was like, I don't fucking know. I, um, but yeah. but I strongly recommend you check it out. Okay. I swear everybody do. I think it's one of the best films of the last forty years. Okay, like, it's yeah, a okay. it's a really well, incredible film. Also, Joseph Gordon Levitt's just great. Yeah, so, yes. really good. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah. So um, I agree. Yeah. That, like the idea, right, mm-hmm. of this. Is a good idea, and I could see someone pitching it, and somebody at 20th Century Fox going, "Make that movie, right, mm-hmm. right." And and I would argue the first 50 minutes or so of this movie, if if the ending was different, I would have liked more. The first, yeah, the first 15 minutes of the movie are like very much. I'm like, "Yep, this is my kind of movie. Yeah. Like this is this is we're setting up some yeah. classic, high, you know, classic high school movie stuff. You know, there's got the popular kids who are like mostly assholes, but there's the couple popular kids who are like clearly actually assholes because they don't do anything <laughs> right, to stop right. the assholery, right. but yeah. they're not doing it, so they're okay and they're going to be our heroes. Just you wait. <laughs> right, uh, right, right. Like, right. I'm into those tropes. I'm into it. I'm here for it. Like give me that. Uh, it took me a minute to, to get that joke, and that is very funny. <laughs> Just you wait. <laughs> They're going to be our heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and then, yeah, those first 15 minutes, though, good. Very good. But then just not. See, not. It, it was in those first 15 minutes when I texted you <laughs> and said, <laughs> I hate this yeah. so much. I mean, it's super tropey. Like, it's not, yes, yes, at, yes. like, nothing. It's not done well. Right. Yeah, I guess that's it, maybe. I, like, the tropes are there, but, like, I don't know. The, the I, I have developed this problem with friends who are very high fivey and and overly uh, insulty with each other mm-hmm. when it's not clever. The I had a professor in grad school who was uh, up for one of the rewrite jobs on this movie oh, and, and, wow. and didn't get it. Um, mm. And so I, I, I can't blame him for anything. But, but there are two credited writers, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know how many others there might have been, but you can really feel that like patchwork of someone inserted the fact that he had a shady past, clearly, because it yeah. shows up in then these three scenes, and somebody else came up with that great hairpin idea, and then that gets in. So it's, uh-huh. it's, a, it's a Frankenstein monster, I think, uh-huh. of a movie. I just felt like the bones of the first half of the movie, I would like to see a really good version of that movie with the different ending, which we'll get to. Well, Nicole, tell me a little more about the movie. Because, so, like, I have no... I know it came out in 02. Yes, it came out in 2002. Uh, it was directed by John Polson. This was his second movie. His first movie was a 1999... He's Australian. It was a 1999 Australian comedy, uh, which I don't like how you go from there to here. I don't know. Uh, of the, he's made four movies. Of his four movies, that is the only one that is a like positive on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, his first S- one? Sunset. Yes. Oh. His 19- oh. so, I don't know. Australian comedies, if you're into those, check this Look, one I'm out. I'm into maybe. Australian pretty uh, much everything. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So I, don't know. I, I actually know nothing about it, but Nick, check it out. I'll check it out. Uh, <laughs> uh, so he made this in 2002, uh, Hide and Seek. Uh, in 2005, which had uh, Robert De Niro and Dakota Fanning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
13% on Rotten Tomatoes for that. I wrote wrote down all these numbers uh, as well. We're descending. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Well, then his 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 last film was uh, 2009's Tenderness, which 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, like, almost, almost got up there. Uh, But, yeah. Yeah, I don't, it's it is very interesting to me that the first one was this comedy, and then he proceeded to make three like thrillers. Thriller. Right, right. <laughs> That's really weird. Yeah, interesting. I think he went and after that, and this actually plays into something that I think is interesting about the film. Uh huh. He went on to direct television mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this movie feels like it has no real creative voice necessarily. Uh-huh. Right. It's very right. stock. Right told film mm. and that feels like more of a TV director right. mm-hmm. to me is somebody mm-hmm. that can come in make sure the actors are getting the, what they need uh-huh. and we're getting the coverage that we need and somebody else is in charge of the yeah. sort of over yeah and, yeah yeah and right. maybe that was one of the reasons we got the job I mean, yeah like, yeah yeah. can, can, can you come in and do this yeah right, for this amount of money you yeah. know and have somebody say yes I can do that so money the, this movie had a this is the last of things that I wrote down so uh, <laughs> uh, this movie had a, had a 10 million dollar budget and it made 34.4 million dollars at the box office I mean, that's not bad yep that yeah. is nothing to laugh at. That's yeah. how he got to keep making movies. Se- yeah. Seven of those dollars came from me and Tobin <laughs> yep, yep. each. Fourteen dollars. I saw it in New York, so it was probably ten at the Ooh, time. Yeah, actually, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I actually so. it came from my parents, if we're being honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, well, you said something to me earlier that the box office point about what this movie says about like the kinds of things that we <laughs> okay. So here's are, this our is, decisions at the box office. This is a criticism of me, I uh-huh. think, at, at my heart. <laughs> I look at this film and my my initial reaction to this is why is th- why does this exist? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't do anything really new, mm-hmm. other than put it in a high school. Mm-hmm. Um, Brick, as we were talking about, did something really new in, mm-hmm. in taking something old and then infusing it with uh, young actors. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this didn't. This is just like it is literally fatal attraction in a high school, mm-hmm. um, and it and it serves that same trope. Mm-hmm. But then at the other side of that is me, Nick Jenkins, the person who is always yelling at fucking Hollywood to stop doing sequels and remakes and and do some new ideas and do some mid-grade, lower-budgeted mm-hmm. stuff that goes to theaters so it isn't uh-huh. all or nothing. Uh-huh. Right? We're not just – like, because now all we get is The Avengers or Blair Witch. It's it's all or nothing. Right, right. Uh-huh. Um, and this is definitely sort of one of the last gasps of a Hollywood that – was making mid-level pictures Mm -hmm. that, you know, you didn't have to risk the entire fucking studio with every single picture. Right, Mm -hmm. right. You know, you're not always in jeopardy that way, and I feel like that's what we've come to. So part of me is like, yeah, I want to throw mud at this thing because it's, at the end of the day, it's nothing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But another part of me is like, but I want more movies that are at this level. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh And so... You know, how, how do you, how do I sort of rectify that yeah. thing? And mm-hmm. that, so that I, I'm, I am criticizing the movie still because it's a big nothing, in yeah. my opinion. It, it didn't end up doing anything new or inventive or exciting. It was just literally fatal attraction in a high school, following a trope that I am not a big fan of. Because um, one of my other big notes is mm-hmm. what is the male version of this? Mm-hmm. Like this is the the female who is a is a lunatic. Mm-hmm and obsessive and ruins a man's life. Mm-hmm. 
one of my biggest uh, build going on on that one of my many big problems with this movie like from that sort of larger storytelling perspective is how dishonest this movie is about Ben's like the quality of Ben's choices yeah. like mm-hmm. the like the movie does not grapple with Ben's role in in creating this like not i'm not saying that ben is anywhere on the level that madison is but like the movie is just so aggressively sympathetic to ben in a way that's like i don't know it's just that is unreasonable to me well it does this thing that we're struggling with in real life which is oh look at his future Uh look at the the, 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 and Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. yeah he made some Poor choices. And even if they'd acknowledged that a little bit better, I think I would have had a better stomach for it. Mm-hmm. But they don't acknowledge it at all. It's Mm-mm. just, oh, poor Ben. Look how good his life was going. And then because of this horrible woman, right. mm-hmm. it's all it's all being upended. And I'm like, no, he made some – he was not forced into anything. He mm-hmm. made some very – obvious choices and then we want to feel something like look you, you made some bad choices mm-hmm. and you could have gotten out of this a lot sooner if he just said to somebody Amy anyone look I made a mistake but instead he waits until I think someone's dead that he <laughs> right <laughs> you know yeah so yeah. it's a it's a frustrating thing and it's a frustrating thing to me that I don't know maybe it's because I, I don't want to necessarily put this out there but you know you guys can argue if you want and I, and I think that's fine Maybe it's because the male version of this feels too real to people. I don't know. What do you mean? Well, the the male stalker, obsessive boyfriend. I mean, that's frequently fear, that's the right? pl- well, it's it's often the plot of a rom com. I don't know. Oh, like, that's <laughs> a good point. yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's yeah. not. No, I, it's not creepy. It's sweet. I rescind right. that. You're right. No, right. you're absolutely right. Uh, when a guy does it for some reason in, on screen, it's cute. Yeah, it's, it's it's she. Yeah, that boy. Her current boyfriend just isn't good enough for her. She just doesn't know <laughs> just how doesn't know yet, how right. great he is and whatever. Uh, you know, well, I think, so, oh, go ahead. I think the corollary to the the issue with Ben is that she is not a human being she being Madison Bell mm-hmm. that the that mm-hmm. the she's there's she is she is the movie seems to have no interest in her point of view in mm-hmm. her persp- in in having any other side to her other than her being you know a kaiser soze level yeah. like <laughs> psychopath and that's one of the things that i yeah I'm, being a fan of Fatal Attraction and and, spend, mm-hmm. and reading a lot of articles um, that are talking to Glenn Close, uh, who played in that movie, the the by the end of the movie, the the psycho, mm-hmm. um, as she says it, uh, and she is grappling so much with what that meant and how how to make a real character out of that, and and she had big problems with the way they reshot the ending of that movie, which made her much more of a crazy person. She was saying, much mm. more of a monster, much mm-hmm. more of a monster. She yeah. said, I, in her conception, that character was much more about self harm than about harming anybody else, mm-hmm. and um, which. The, which I think the movie plays well up until then. So, and in that movie is also very, very sympathetic to the Michael Douglas character. Make no mistake. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But it tries to paint her as a as a person. Mm-hmm. And this movie does and a not, victim and and a victim of, of yeah. all kinds of things. The yeah. Circumstance of him. Of all, yeah. And and this movie does not do that no. with her. And there it, to the point that the the you know you never until the last you know fifteen minutes of the movie you never see any shot from her point of view. Like the movie yeah. never takes her hmm. point of view, even in a shot to shot. Well, I didn't think of that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is which is crazy. Like the, it's, that's not the way uh, the movie I think would be so much more effective if you either made everybody a cartoon and it just went completely bonkers. Yeah. Or you turn her into a real person and let's mm-hmm. let's let's sort of um, you know figure out what's 
truly motivated? Like, is she just crazy or is this, what has he done? And I, I just feel like they missed so many opportunities by not spending any time with her. And then she just, she has nothing to play. I don't think she's very good in this movie and she has been good in other things uh-huh. because I think she's just, there's just no character. There's no person. Yeah, there is nothing there. But I want to uh, hit something that you, you brought up there and that is the actual filmmaking and perspective. So they did some things in here that I think were discovered in post-production. I don't think they mm. were planned on, which were those jump cuts yeah. that they mm-hmm. would do occasionally that were trying to very, I don't want to say subtly, because it's not subtle, but trying to tell you that there's something about her reality is fragmented. Mm. Which right. is yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. is one of the, it, uh, that's one of the great uses of a jump cut if it's used well. Right. The the editor is the only lady involved in yes. making this movie. Interesting. <laughs> that... <laughs> and she's Sofia Coppola's editor and edited one of my favorite movies, The Limey, oh which is goodness. which is an amazing editing job. Mm. She is she is phenomenal. Yeah, and we're going to be talking about that film in Crash Course Film Crit, right. specifically about that. Ex- exactly about yeah. that. It's, and, to, and so she, I, I have the same reaction. I feel like she's trying to save a moment there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When the first time it happens, and that happens two or three other times in the movie, and it totally feels like someone saying, we have to get something in this moment to make this effective. Yes, uh-huh. I agree. Uh-huh. The problem is that it's used so sparingly. Mm-hmm. And it's because it wasn't planned on, right. it's shot on sticks. So it's like, this isn't quite right. working. There are times when I'm like, are we trying to say something about Ben? Right, mm-hmm. right. And that was, and so it leads to a confusion. And right. it also leads to how I want to fix this later. But, okay. uh, <laughs> but there's a, it's things like that, that idea of like, oh, there's almost a character there. There's mm. almost mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. for me to have sympathy mm-hmm. or empathy, not necessarily sympathy, but empathy for Madison. Mm-hmm. And I, I found myself wanting to. Right. I found myself yeah. wanting to have wanting to empathize with her. Yeah. And I found myself asking, what happened? Yeah. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't like the trope of one thing happened right. and now right. this right. person exactly. has problems. Sure. Right. Yes. But I I wanted to know, like, where did she come from? Mm-hmm. Like what what happened to her cousin? Because mm-hmm. he's also seems traumatized specifically in relation to her. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just that he is, you know, a broken person with uh, like hearing loss and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like he, there's some. It seems he seems specifically. There's some seems to be something specifically in relating to her. Mm-hmm. I'm all for mystery and I'm all for not explaining everything. But there was so nothing there mm-hmm. with her. Yeah. That I kept, found myself looking for things yeah. where I'm like, well, it was it was information that didn't exist. Like it's not information that they were withholding to mm-hmm. create mystery. Right. It was information that they just literally did not have. Yes. Like, did not. Point. Yeah. Absolutely. Exist. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. I want to go back to a point that I had. Um, so, the male version of this overall plot mm-hmm. we have fear with mark Wahlberg, mm-hmm. right um the boy next door with j-lo but you i that so i haven't actually yeah. seen that movie i've only seen the trailers for that movie but fuck that because <laughs> j-lo is a like the whole premise is is that she's a fucking statutory rapist yes, right like right. A, at the outset and then oh no that went badly for her so like that's also i mean Again, sure the woman as abuser yes 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 like it's still like she's she is still like i don't know maybe the movie isn't the movie that movie probably is doing a similar thing to this one in terms of not actively grappling with the its intended victims bad sure. behavior but uh i yeah she's she's still like evil and terrible yeah, and, right. and apparently <laughs> in that movie just a side note he apparently gives her a first edition of the iliad which was never written down <laughs> right like what? That, that's that's Right, what? Homer didn't write these stories down, what? and that—that's apparently in that's that the whole with point. a straight no. foi- a straight face, no. straight faced in that movie. Apparently, no. 
that's that's the whole point is yep. they were told yep. they were verbally yep. Yep. yeah yeah anyway so yeah. Uh, <laughs> then we have the perfect yeah. guy with Sanaa Lathan um, and then I put this on here you can argue with me it's fine but I say Lolita with James Mason because he is a, a very obviously an abuser in that film and in the book that character mm-hmm. is is obviously an abuser however the female version of this story. We have Fatal Attraction, Single White Female, Poison Ivy, The Crush, Misery, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, Play Misty For Me, Obsessed, and it goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that yeah. is, this is a plot that is over-fucking-used. I think my, my, the only sort of devil's advocate to that is that the best of those are a reflection of the time in which they're made. Sure. The sort of fears of sex and changing world which is not not to excuse them or but but as 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 sort of artifacts as sort Mm. of artifacts in sort of film history that there is a you can trace something uh through that it does not excuse the fact that they're so that we're so heavily loaded on that side of the of the coin you're totally right you're totally right and that it is and that it, it does for sure feel tired now that's that that's that's true yeah looking at it through 2017 eyes might also be I mean, it's I don't know. Yeah, it, it is. It is like inherently complicated by like there's there's just a whole like separate uh, like <laughs> <laughs> gender studies 101 conversation yeah. mm-hmm. to be having about like the degrees to which like ideas about masculinity and femininity lend themselves to the trope being structured in that mm. way. Yeah. Uh, so like. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that that no, are 100%. complicated. It's one hundred percent right. But I'd like to see. I would like to see more of this flopped um, the other way. And I'd would like, i love to see a movie that is this story reversed that is, you know, at the end of the day, the main character. I mean, it doesn't even, I don't know. This, we'll talk about it in how I want to fix this. Well, no, I, 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 I agree with you because, again, this also goes to, like, my, my earlier point about, like, the frequency with which comparable stories are sold as being romantic when you yeah. gender flip it, right? And so, like, acknowledging that, like, this is bad fucking behavior. Like yes. <laughs> when people say they're not interested, let it go. Yeah. <laughs> the end. <laughs> uh, and maybe like, even before that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe learn to take a hint. Uh, I don't know. We're going to have a class on social cues. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I want to go back to Jawbreaker. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because uh-huh. these are similar times. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, Jawbreaker was ninety eight, I think. Yeah, ninety eight, ninety nine, something. Ninety eight like or ninety eight, nine, somewhere around. This, this is two thousand two. This movie felt fucking nineties. Yeah. Holy crap! The music yeah, yeah. and everything. Oh my well, god! I wonder if, it, if this was held after nine eleven. I don't know that for sure, but there's a whole huh. glut of movies that oh, come out right. in two thousand two that were shot before and were like posting uh, during and held back. And so I, 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 I'm, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I had that suspicion. I had that same suspicion with the soundtrack. I mean, this yeah. is the like blasting these these, you know. It would it would also make sense to again like bring it on as my like mm-hmm. Jesse Jesse Bradford like mm-hmm. reference touched like that it would make more sense like that in the immediate like that's much closer to bring it on that like that decision of right. like oh yeah you're you know right lead like this right. that right. timing tracks better mm. yeah that's a good question I'd, I wonder if there's a know. list out there yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of movies because I remember I only remember one movie that happening with it was a Schwarzenegger film called Collateral mm-hmm. um, or Collateral Damage I think. Uh, right, right, right. Because Collateral is the Michael Mann movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting movie, yeah. at least. Yeah. So, uh, but going to Jawbreaker, a, a fascinating thing to me in comparing these two things. Uh, Jawbreaker. I will say what I will about Jawbreaker. It is not predictable. I was mm. I was not exactly mm. sure how that movie was going to end. Mm. 
I was along for the ride. Mm. Uh-huh. And my biggest problem with this movie is there was no point where I was unsure of what was about mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I hit on that earlier, but I think it's a big problem in a lot of films, especially in films that use already existing tropes. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're using an already existing trope, then you've got to subvert expectations. Right. And this did not mm-hmm. in any way subvert expectations, except maybe when he's carrying, still carrying the hairpin, and I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Why? Why are you still carrying Why? that? You creep. Yeah, you creep. Yeah. It had to, you had to just be a creep, because... <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> and I think that's um, I think that's a really important distinction is mm-hmm. if you're going to use a trope, that's great. Use tropes. They exist for a reason. And use these plots that we tell over and over again. Right. But how right. do you make it different? Right. And this movie didn't yeah. do that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Big thing for me. Mm-hmm. I, well, so they definitely – it was all totally super as expected. In the latter half of the movie, though, there's a lot of – or, like, I guess from, from the point where she – where, like – where it flips, where she's like, okay, like yeah. now I'm going full I'm a mass murderer. <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> uh, from like no that subtlety. point on, <laughs> everything that happened there, there were a lot of things that, like, in addition to like the actual murder moment being like, okay, whoa. Uh, there were definitely there were a number of things that were uh, everything happens predictably, but there were some things that were, I guess unexpected in so far as they were completely unbelievable. They were stupid. Like right. I, yes. I like I, like the the like the fact that the friend figures it out because she <laughs> says Ben's name. Yeah. Right. Like right. that like that he right. she says Ben and then he immediately jumps to, "Oh, you're crazy." What? <laughs> what? Uh, okay, sure. And then like, I don't know, the fact that he like gets everybody else on board with him <laughs> when like everybody like he's an accused murderer at mm-hmm. this point in time yeah. that like, I don't know. I'm not gonna go be in the basement, like in a uh, an underground parking garage with you. Like, as far I, as they know, he might have killed their other friend, right. and might be harassing her. Right. Right. Wh- right. What did he say to convince them? Mm-hmm. Was it just because he went and visited the the coma guy, <laughs> and that convinced them? Also, a screenwriting problem that I have, and I'd be interested on Tobin's perspective on this, is when uh, Kia. Uh, who's the African American mm-hmm. friend pops up? The, the, I had a moment. The, the token person of color uh-huh. friend in this who's got the video camera exactly uh-huh. in one scene, so uh-huh. we recognize her at the end. That's Sorry. the only ahead. reason. Yeah. Like she has. I mean, well, I guess she and Ryan dated, but still, <laughs> uh, there was enough time between the beginning and the end that I had a moment of like, who's that? <laughs> yes, uh-huh. like, I, I had no idea. Even when she emerges with the ca- with yeah, the, when she yeah, emerges yeah, with yeah, the yeah, camera, yeah. it's been so long since yeah. I saw her yeah. that I was like. I, I did have a minute of hesitation. The last time that we had seen her too was in a like you don't actually hear what's happening, but right. is her basically telling him off after um, Amy finds out about uh, uh, Ben and Madison. Like it's like as oh, like Amy's leaving. Right. So like the last time we see her is silently like we're whatever pan back like seeing uh, that her basically her, the. Kia is her name? Yes. Kia. Like, Might be the actor's name. Hold on, let me check. Okay. <laughs> I think that's the actor's name, actually, now that I'm thinking about that. But go ahead. She's, like, telling Ben off. And so, which also, again, like, makes this leap to her being like, oh, sure, sounds like sounds like you were being persecuted here. I will totally right. help you, right. like, jump this girl in an, un- in like, a... Right. Yeah. <laughs> in an underground parking garage. What? Yeah, Kia Goodwin is the actor. Okay. The character is Renee. Renee. Ah, okay. okay. Thank okay. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of that sort of what? 
Uh-huh. And not a surprise in a, oh, neat. Yeah. Just yeah. like a, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, what? Yeah. What? What happened? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I made a list of stupid things. <laughs> oh, because. Think of that. That's great. <laughs> Admittedly, it's not hugely wrong, long, but mm-hmm. it's enough that I'm like, as I'm watching it. Okay. So the first thing. So Madison somehow taints his urine sample Mm -hmm. with steroids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, okay, part of this, I'm really into mixed martial arts, so I have at least a basic understanding of how these urine tests work. Mm -hmm. I'm not entirely sure that makes any goddamn sense that she just had some steroid pills (laughs) that I guess she just poured into his urine. I don't understand what exactly happened there. Yeah. Did she drug him? No one knows. No, I don't understand what happened. I think we're meant to think that his friend who ends up then sleeping with her was in on it. There's some kind of exchange. No, but because because when he figures out like while they're hooking up, he's like, oh, he's like, you were crazy. Like, yeah, but I thought he says specifically it was you. Yeah. Yeah. Ben would. And Ben, yeah, he says Ben wouldn't do like wouldn't do that. Yeah. Ben wouldn't. I I guess I again, this is I, I but I read that as. She had gotten him to do something to disqualify Ben so that he could be the the lead racer in the swimming pool or whatever. And he was like for it for that. And then is having second thoughts at that point. But either way, it doesn't it's not good either way. I I don't know. I I don't I just because of the like everything that he says in that in that scene where he like figures it out. uh, It doesn't track that he was actually involved. He has this look to Ben as he comes out of as they're as they're. Yeah. He is. He's walking out of the bathroom. and Ben is walking in. That's the same day. That's the same day that the whole school found out about him in Madison. Yeah. So like to me, I read that look as like, oh, hey, like we both hooked up with Madison because like he's the kind of like douchey bro that would do that. He's also the dumbest character in this story. (laughs) (laughs) And he's the one that puts it all together. Uh Out of her saying, Ben, (laughs) what? Right. Um, Along the same lines of drugs, this is another thing that like, okay, he gets busted for steroid use. Mm -hmm. And his mom says, doing drugs again? And I'm like, were you doing steroids before this? <laughs> was that your drug? Because <laughs> that was not implied. Like, I w- Sure. It's a sure. weird, like, that seems, and she's a nurse. Yeah. So, again, like, different writers. That feel- yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. The same writer who wrote this didn't yeah. write this. Right. Yeah. Right. And so that's also a frustrating thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um I know that a movie has to happen here. Okay, I, I get that. <laughs> no, it didn't. It, 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 <laughs> well, yeah, it didn't. This movie didn't, didn't have to need happen. to happen. <laughs> but I'm I'm constantly frustrated by movies like okay, so they go to the funeral of Ryan. They go to Ryan's funeral, uh-huh. and then as he goes to his yeah, truck, that whole sequence which too. That immediately. What were they prepared for his death? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This family is efficient. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it is literally, there's his body to funeral. Yep. yep. And yep. I know, I guess they're like, yeah, okay, you're going to infer that it's been a couple weeks. Like, I don't know how Give long. Give us a shot between the two of yeah. something. Like, literally something. anything. And like, that, like his the first time that we see him talking to police is post-funeral. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yep. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so he's talking to the cops. He knows what's happened. Uh-huh. And I understand he's had a bad relationship. Well, not even a bad relationship. He admits that he's done bad shit. Uh-huh. So 
I don't understand why he's not like, okay, well, we have a problem. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, right. here's what's going on. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. But he doesn't. He doesn't go. Okay, so <laughs> there's a game um, that's based on Friday the 13th that is uh, been released. It's fairly new. And it's an online game where a bunch of you and your friends or whoever go onto a server and then you all get to be campers and then one of you randomly gets to be Jason Voorhees. Oh, wow. Oh, dear. Right? Wow. It sounds cool. But, like, here's the interesting thing. Whenever you're in a movie or you're watching a movie, whenever you're watching a movie, a horror movie, and characters start doing stupid things mm-hmm. when the murderer comes around, you're always like, ah, God, I wouldn't. I'd never do that. I'd yeah. never do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I'd, you know, it's a game. But yet, in the game, you have to form a plan with your other camper friends, uh-huh. and you have to execute that plan, or Jason's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And every time, almost without fail, when Jason shows up, everybody freaks the fuck out right, right. and mm-hmm. can't finish their tasks <laughs> because they don't want to get immediately killed. Uh-huh. So I'm turning this back around on me and maybe saying, okay, he doesn't want to talk to the cops. You don't always make the best decisions when you're under pressure. Mm-hmm. But for God's sakes, he never tells anyone anything. Mm-hmm. This could all be so- – he could go to that cop. Use and- your words. Yes. you Please <laughs> use your words. This is a problem that Nicole and I have had yes. on many shows. Yes. Uh, that we've watched, like Walking Dead. Being so we have a whole tag on Snark Squad. It's the use, use your words tag, <laughs> and it is it's it's a list of of everything that's ever made me furious. That's not true. There's lots of other things that have made me furious, but that that is one of my it's least a select list. Yes, yeah. that that is definitely high up there on like on the list of things that like as like storytelling devices hmm. infuriates me. Where yes. like your entire story hinges mm-hmm. on characters not using their words. Yeah, I mm, which maybe mm. why they're cutting so fast through. This so that we won't notice. You know, uh-huh. like in the flow of the movie, they're like, oh, right, yeah. he's talking to the cop. So we just sort of keep, and, they, and they imply in the conversation that they've had other conversations. He and this cop know each other. They've, yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, they're, they're mm-hmm. trying to, I think, like, get us through that as quick as they can because they know it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's but it wouldn't, they wouldn't have to. They could not believe him, right? Like, what if yeah. Madison was so good at, at. That would require you to engage with Madison and as a Exactly. So, <laughs> that's required right. to make exactly. her a character. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if she had been a character, that they could have made something like that work where he wasn't believed and then Mm -hmm. this would be fine and then it would i don't know then have even more frustration for him right like you'd be looking oh my god no right right this is terrible right he goes in he tells them okay guys uh, this is what happened he lays it out and they're like we don't believe you yeah and we'd be all like oh no No. i don't believe it what's it gonna (laughs) do that to them first yeah yeah Yeah. or whatever right Uh Right. Uh yeah and you know she could even go and say well like i saw him with a baseball bat yeah 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 and he was really pissed because i was dating ryan now right right whatever totally Mm -hmm. and he's really crazy Mm -hmm. you know there are a lot of things that could have happened but instead it's this throwaway line Mm -hmm. of oh yeah yeah where they're just sitting there talking at the car it Mm -hmm. was it was very frustrating. And I, I get that, like, on on a certain level, when you're writing a story, like, there are those moments you get to where you're like, I don't know how to get mm-hmm. from scene 26 to scene 28. Right. I, there's something that needs to be here, and I can't make it work. Right. And we go into production next week. Right. You right. know? Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes that happens. But it was, in, it was just infuriating here at how much people did not talk to each other. Right. And how much Ben did not talk to people who could help him mm-hmm. immediately. He had a great relationship with his mom. You know, 
an overly great relationship with his mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he had a great relationship with Amy. Granted, you don't want to go to Amy and tell her that you had sex with this other girl. Fine. But the the not telling your mom, not telling the cops, when it's getting very serious, yeah. we're past the point of, you know, oh, ha, ha, right, I'm right. going to lose my girlfriend. We're getting to the point where this is becoming serious. His friend died. His friend yeah. died. He was murdered by yeah, this Brutally, by this like, like yeah. a baseball bat to the head. Yeah. Like, this is serious shit. Do something. Yeah, yeah you got to yeah. do something. Yeah. And then I think they were just going for this idea of ragtag Teenager is mm-hmm. gonna mm-hmm. take care of the problem, uh-huh. but it didn't come together in a way that made me feel like, yeah, that that is exactly uh-huh. the path that mm-hmm. needed. Because again, because I think you said it's like you could make it a cartoon, right? Um, like something like the Monster Squad, right? 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 Where you can believe these little kids could take on Dracula, right. right? Because it's a big cartoon and it's fun and it's funny and it's it's exciting and it's over the top. But right. that wasn't this. This was a very serious thriller, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And part of, and I think one of the biggest problems I've had with most thrillers that I've ever watched that I didn't like mm-hmm. was characters not behaving in a way that I felt was realistic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not talking to the cops, not talking to your mom, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not talking to any authority figure. Um, all of that just adds up to me just, well, I don't believe this world right. anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't believe... Right, uh-huh. you know, because they're trying to check the plot boxes. They're trying to check that this has to happen and yeah. this has to happen. And and in doing that, they then they if you don't have a character inside that, if you're not paying attention to what, how would I feel if I were Ben at this moment, and what would I do? How would I feel if I were Madison in this, at this moment, and what would I do? If you're not doing that work, then all it ends up being is is this is, are these these plot checkpoints that you're hitting that then don't have any meaning by the end of the movie. It's I think it's an easy thing to do to do in thrillers. One of the other th- problems that I think is related to that that bothers me as someone who loves thrillers is that when he his investigation quote unquote of her (laughs) he sneaks into her house and then Dante gives him this box of stuff and then Dante takes him to see the other guy who like he does nothing Mm -hmm. there is no investigation for him Mm -hmm. he he takes one step and everything else is just handed to it right and it's just that drives me crazy if you're gonna have this guy trying to unpack what what is her past is she how crazy is she where does this come from like let's do that yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. that's what I was looking forward to Mm -hmm. I was actually like okay we're gonna turn it into like he's gotta investigate and he's gonna be on the run right and and I was like okay this is the fugitive yeah yeah that Mm -hmm. that would be cool and then yeah the the cousin just comes in and goes I found this (laughs) and then just hands it to him it's uh there's a great sequence in Minority Report where also came out in 2002 Oh God! Was it that oh. long ago? Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh, well, that, that's aged a lot better than this. Hasn't oh, it? Yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yep. there's a great scene where uh, they're investigating a crime, and Colin Farrell looks to the other cop, and he says, um, "Do you know what this is?" And because there's pictures everywhere, there's just it's just scattered mm. with everything that sews it up. And he says, "This is an orgy of evidence. That's something's wrong." And that was the same thing I felt here where he just handed me was like, he <laughs> yeah, just handed you yeah. the orgy of evidence. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So then I was like, okay, is is he making Madison right. worse than she is? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. No. Nope. It's just this was the clues <laughs> mm-hmm. that you all needed. Right. Like, he didn't work for anything right. except yes. he broke into her house, which right. was thrilling for two seconds. Yeah. And then, but it's also creepy. I mean, again, if we're talking about his actions. Like, yeah, yes. yeah. He yes. broke into this yes. girl's house, this woman's house, and is like digging around in her drawers and stuff. Yeah. Like, Nothing that Ben does in this movie is like earned. Like, no, yeah, right. He's just, right. it's a series of, of things happening to or around him. And yeah, but yet he is supposed to be 
I feel like by the end it's supposed to be like a heroic figure. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yep. yes. Uh, the, the movie thinks he's a hero. Uh-huh. Yes. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. But he I, is not. No. <laughs> he is not. That is not a hero. Mm-hmm. No. He is no. a definite protagonist. Yeah. But even <laughs> yeah. at that, he's not dealing really well at all with the obstacles put in front of him. No. Right. No. Um, He's just being handed things. He, right? Literally, the the hand of fate is continually just knocking the hurdles over for him, saying, oh, "This way, man." That was too ben. hard. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm very sorry. He's a bad DM. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bad DM. Yeah. There, just go. Yes. Oh, I made that too hard. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, Roll a five. That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One. Damn it. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, I think really that's. For me, the the major thing here, because it's a, this is the other thing too. Like I, I think it's an exquisitely shot film. Like it looks beautiful, um, and you know that something's not working right in the story when, or I know something's not working right mm-hmm. in the story when I'm looking at it and going, God, look how sharp that focus is. <laughs> <laughs> there were times when it was like a shot of Erica Christensen's eye. Yeah, yeah. I was like, man, that's really good glass. Yeah. There. <laughs> she's, that's, a, that's a good focus. <laughs> yeah. And there was another part where they did a rack focus where I was like, wow, that was really good. And I'm not, like, I'm not engaged. I'm yeah. just watching the right. technical yeah. acumen right. of yeah. the camera department, which was right. very It was, good. it right. was. Yeah, I mean, the guy who did this... Um, Giles something. Uh, he also he he shot um, Heller Highwater. Oh yeah, uh, which is a beautiful, wonderful, beautiful film. Wonderfully shot. Um, but he also shot Battlefield Earth, <laughs> which Ooh, wow. is an ugly film. Huh. So yeah, which we will talk about on this show. That's exciting. Mm. At some That's point. exciting. You know, there's the uh, one of the best shots I thought in the movie was a um, there's a moment near the end when Eric Christensen is in the hospital. I think going. To kill Amy once mm-hmm. and for all, she's got a scalpel in her hand. Mm-hmm. She's in a doctor lab coat, walking mm-hmm. down the hall, mm-hmm. and they go on the loudspeaker and they're calling the name of the yes! ex boyfriend yes. who yeah. had who had died yeah. or who's in a coma. The coma, mm-hmm. yeah. And so they're trying to fool her, right? So mm-hmm. this is going on. There's nobody else in the hallway, and she lo- turns to look at the loudspeaker, and the loudspeaker, the, sh- the, the 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 camera's on a dolly moving toward her, and the loudspeaker's moving with it. Yeah. As yeah. though the loudspeaker's yeah. coming closer and closer to her, which is not only a great idea for a shot, but but again, one of the only times the camera puts us in her perspective, yeah. in her mm-hmm. point of view. Mm-hmm. And I, I found that thrilling. I yes. was like, this is great. More of this, please. Like, yeah. what is it like for her at this moment to have this this experience? And that, that was all in that shot. So you knew that somebody on set was 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 able to, able to do it, and mm-hmm. the fact that they didn't in the rest of the movie or most of the rest of the movie was re- like made me more angry at the movie. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I had that same thought that I was like, oh, where was this movie? Right, <laughs> right. this is fascinating. Yeah. yeah, it felt weird at first because I'm yeah. like, okay, this comes out of nowhere because you're not prepared for it by the language of the movie no. anywhere in, mm-hmm. the, in the rest of the movie. No. Uh, you wrote something uh, about one of the films that we're going to talk about in film criticism that the first few minutes of a film usually teaches you how to watch it. Right, right. Hmm. And this film did not do that. For this. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, but yeah. if it had done more stuff like that, I think a weirder yeah. version of this movie yes. would have been because then you're doing something like visual mm-hmm. that's different. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not you know a, maybe a fatal attraction not grounded in reality. Right. Mm-hmm. Or well, not reality, but not uh, not a realist. Right. Right. Um, fatal attraction would have been more interesting mm-hmm. so like you know mm-hmm. uh, yeah maybe you put this and Jawbreaker together yeah and you yeah, come up yeah. with a really weird mm-hmm. fucking film mm-hmm. and that would be fascinating to me right. but yeah that shot was just I was like what mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I actually I think it goes back to yeah we're putting we're actually getting 
her perspective. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh-huh. that is something I was missing through the whole, whole damn movie. thing. Yeah. 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 And I loved it. Mm-hmm. I, I loved, even if I didn't feel like the shot fit the rest of the film, exactly. I was like, oh, I'm getting to be with this character mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. more and figure out something. And that was it. I couldn't figure her out. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so getting a chance to, to get some clues, mm-hmm. like, I loved that. Yeah, mm-hmm. That was, and it was a high point in the movie. For me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Which is a good point to transition into how you would fix this movie. You're, you're sort of getting at it right there. Yeah, so. I think so. I, um, I'll i start. Yeah. I think you have to go back to the script, honestly. Um, there is a lot you could do with camera and everything that would make it more interesting. But as we all know, in film school, interesting is not storytelling. <laughs> it's just interesting. <laughs> right. um, My I, sister-in-law um, is like the sweetest person in the whole world. When she thinks that something is like not good, she'll say interesting. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is like... That's, it's, that's a code word. <laughs> code word. That's not a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's too nice to say... Uh, this is terrible. This is terrible. <laughs> Our election last year was interesting. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I would go back and I think there is a a fascinating story to be told of a person who can't get out of their own way. And that is Ben. In mm-hmm. this. And that is somebody who had wrecked their life previously and then could not stop wrecking their life uh, in one way or another. And I would love to see this basically a very similar film, except where she is the victim of him uh, thinking that she is trying to mm, do these horrible mm-hmm. things to him. But at the end, it's just, him mm-hmm. like he can't he just can't mm-hmm. get out of his own way right, right. and mm-hmm. stop mm-hmm. doing these things and I've seen this like uh, I follow mixed martial arts there's a fighter named John Jones who is um, probably the most talented athlete in the world like mm-hmm. he is an ex- mm. extraordinary talent but he can't get out of his own way mm. he gets busted for cocaine use he gets he mm. uh, is it part of a hit and run where he runs a stop he runs a stoplight and then uh, goes back to get money out of his car and then runs off and then uh, gets busted for steroids Jeez, and yeah. it's like yeah. you have the tools right, mm-hmm. right, right. you know and it's it's unfair to talk about John Jones because he had a you know uh, he had a very um, Difficult life growing up, and and so it, it you know, but but I think that story is potent, mm-hmm. and and could be well told in that way, mm-hmm. and I and I would love to see it in a in a way that's like she's doing these horrible things to me, but she's not. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you're seeing this, mm-hmm. and so that would be how I would fix it. Is I think that you just sort of shift perspective, and you just and take away that trope of the crazy woman mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. who's ruining the man's life when you find out no, it's you, and it kind of goes back to what you were talking about, uh, sort of with how we're not analyzing his bad choices yeah, at all. Yes, mm-hmm. We're yes, not admitting yes, to his yes. bad choices. We're, just, we're not being honest, honest about, thank you. about his choices. Right. Yeah. Yes. And right. I think pushing that further and saying that, like, self-responsibility and making a movie about uh-huh. self-responsibility uh-huh. and it's not everybody trying to keep you down. You're just fucking it up, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so, I don't know. And I'm sure there are problematic things with that as well, but that's the movie that I would be interested to see in just somebody who can't get out of their own goddamn way. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. That's it. That's that's it. That's how I'd fix it. Rewrite yeah. it. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I think the director was on point. I think the actors were wonderful actors. Um, like, everybody in this film did a good job with what they were asked to do. They didn't ask Erica Christensen to do anything. Right. right. Which is the problem. right. 
Except yes. be mad at the end. Yeah. Right. Um, she seems unmoored in this movie yeah. to me. Yeah. Like, I'm just playing what's on the page because he didn't give me anything else. There's right. nothing else underneath it. Right. right. Uh, similar to our talk about Inhumans. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think if you give them something, you would be rewarded because I think all of the cast was very talented. Mm-hmm. And I was so happy to see Dan Hedaya. Yes, as the I coach. I love Dan Hedaya. Yeah. That, yeah. that dude can, anytime he shows up, I'm paying attention. <laughs> like, his role in Joe versus the Volcano is one of my favorite roles in any movie ever. And mm-hmm. uh, so mm-hmm. when he showed up, I was like, all right, Dan's here. So yeah. anyway, so that's my he suggestion. just sat down at that one table. Yep. <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> his job for the movie. Yeah. I didn't say that, but if I did say that, I would be wrong. I love that. <laughs> I love that circular logic. So anyway, Nicole, how would you fix it? Um, I mean, I honestly don't know. Like, I like to me, like I. So I think b- before sitting down for this conversation, mm-hmm. I would have said you can't. Uh, it's just broken. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think I feel like I feel like giving. Um, giving Madison more agency like that to me definitely sure. sounds like a, a, I don't know, potentially easier, like the easiest solution to like, just take like what you're already trying to do. You just like, it just needs to be smoothed out a little bit more. Sure. Uh, it was interesting the like the thing about the previous boyfriend in New York, um, I, it was like ambiguous like I, I definitely feel like the movie was suggesting that she had done a thing like this before mm-hmm. but it was ambiguous enough that I was also kind of like but did actually just something really bad happen there and like that's her point of trauma right, right. Uh, um, and so like that to me is also another like it doesn't it doesn't take much to to take what's there and like insert that just you know like yeah yeah like it's <laughs> yeah. You're, you're almost there and like yeah. we can get there um, yeah that's I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just no, it's bad. I think that's it's pretty a, bad. <laughs> I, I actually think that's one of the more frustrating things about the film is the fact that it's so close. Yes. But it falls apart. Yes. It, it just yes. doesn't. It, it, it's like the high jumper who just just misses the high bar and you're, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's also a big thing. More agency and more, just more of a character uh-huh. for uh-huh. Madison. For, well, for, I mean, literally anyone. Make any of them, like, whole and complete <laughs> characters yeah. who, like, actually have. I mean, that's fair, but I feel like when Except you, for Amy. <laughs> when you, yeah. When you have your two leads. Yeah. And yeah, one yeah. of them is obviously, they've been tried to develop him. Uh-huh. And the other one, they did not. Yeah, so yes, that, yes. That's yes, the absolutely. frustrating point. Yes, so, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Tobin, I, I stole your answer, but <laughs> well, no, no. I, so I, I've given this some thought since I, as I say, I had this this professor years ago who was up up for this job. Like, how would you fix this movie? Because I agree, it has to be the script. There's, there's, I think that's. Where I think you have all to three go. of yeah. us agree with that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, the... yeah, yes. So I think there, in, to my mind, if I were at, tasked to do this, there are two avenues you can go. One is to keep things. You, you well, you would fix the things that are there that we've talked about that are stupid, and yeah. you, all, all that all that stuff would be fixed. And then one way you could go is you find out, and Ben finds out maybe in, and this is not the not my preferred version, but you find out in the last act that he has been doing all this stuff, that it has been all in his mind, that he is crazy, that mm-hmm. he's the crazy one, uh-huh. and that and he's invented this whole thing. And you and then which which gets to your point, 
uh, about the him having to reckon with his bad choices. Uh-huh, if you uh-huh. if the movie makes that explicit, like no, you you really did do all this stuff. Uh-huh. And he's like, what do I do now? Uh-huh. So that's what would be one way. To, that's a twist ending version. Yeah. The other version is is just as we've been saying is to is to invest in Madison as a character, and by which I mean e- even at the very beginning, the first time we see her, let's see her seeing him. Yeah. What is like have a shot from uh-huh. her point of view looking at him. Absolutely. Uh-huh. What is going on with and what then does that do to her? And then spend some time with her alone, away from other characters as she is, to begin to unpack why she is as, if she is quote unquote crazy, is, is it, is it uh, you know, is, is it a chemical imbalance? Is there something in her brain? Like what is making, mm-hmm. is, or is she just evil? Mm-hmm. And, and, and if, if you're going to go any of those directions, that's fine, but pick a direction and go to it and then let's see how she's feeling about this stuff. And, and, and I don't know that you could go as far as to write the movie from her point of view, mm-hmm. although I think that would be interesting to try. Yeah. Like to reorient the whole thing of, and, but even if you didn't, if you at least give us um, both in terms of the script and the filmmaking, her point of view and give her a perspective. I think the movie, it would force you to make him reckon with his choices because now she's a character mm-hmm. and it would feel very, very odd to have him butting up against her and him them both be characters and him not grapple with his choices uh-huh. in some way. Uh-huh. And I, I just feel like if you did that to this movie, then it would be you would make it more interesting, you would make it more surprising mm-hmm. because you were saying that the like it would begin to do all this stuff. It would force you to do all this stuff just by taking her seriously mm-hmm. as, a, as a character. Mm-hmm. All right, let's rate the thing. I rate all my films, all my films. Oh. No, I try not to rate <laughs> my films. not your film. No. Uh, I rate all these films. Look, Dayquil is a harsh mistress. Um, I rate all of these films based on storms. So a category one, eh, it's fine. Maybe even a little enjoyable. Category five could kill you. And your family. Uh, I feel like this is a two. And I feel like it's a two because it is frustrating more than anything. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's not like Manos where everything is just bad. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's just frustrating because it's like you have all of this talent mm-hmm. and you didn't do anything with it. I guess similar to Jawbreaker in that way. Mm-hmm. But I feel like even here the director was much more accomplished and, and a much had a much finer sense of how to tell a story mm-hmm. and obviously bigger budget too as well you know so it's like I'm, I'm frustrated by it so it makes me a little angrier so I'm gonna give this a two I think it's a category two yeah Nicole okay. uh, my rating system is an enjoyment based uh, sunglass emojis <laughs> one to five uh, five being so you know not saying nothing of the quality this is just how much I enjoy watching it uh, this one's gonna be a one out of five. It just Ooh, it just upset wow. me. It's ups- it like wow. it is like actively it's 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 also like a slower burn type of thing too and that like sure. like the longer that I have to sit and think about it the more right. I'm like I'm never fucking watching this right, movie right, again right. Yeah. Uh, that like yeah I don't know like my immediate it was fine to sit through but I'm like yeah no I will never never again no way I don't want to think about it I, I'm done with it I was Death actually thing. excited to watch it mm-hmm because I saw the trailer when I, when it came out, and I remember thinking, "Oh well, it, they they must there must be a surprise <laughs> yeah. in right, the movie right. because they say everything in the trailer." There wasn't like yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like no, literally the trailer yeah. has all of the story beats uh-huh. right. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Also, the old internet was funny. 
Yes. See, yes. well, the, the trailer the trailer makes the old internet the internet seem like it's going to be more of a, yep. a thing, <laughs> right, uh, which right. I feel like is actually probably a significant piece of, of like what compelled me to the theater in two thousand two. If I were to <laughs> if I were to <laughs> guess, mm-hmm. uh, and like, but like it's not doesn't matter. Like the internet is irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> old school chat rooms. Tobin, rate this sucker. I uh, just have to say, since we're on this topic, I did like how <laughs> the, the the title came up in that that's her handle yeah, online. Yeah. I thought mm-hmm. that was I thought that was nice that no one had to say it. It didn't, you know, like that's a sure. that's kind of smart. Yes, I kind of like that. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> Good point. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so my uh, rating system is one to five as well. One to five is the Torgo scale. One yeah. to five Torgos, based on uh, how much is there in this worth watching? Should mm-hmm. you seek this out and see it? And mm-hmm. when I started watching this movie, I, I went in with low expectations because I remembered not liking it. Mm-hmm. And then as I was watching it, uh, the, as it went along, it started high for me. I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of like this is '90s, and I get it. I'm seeing it through that lens, and fine. And it's this thing I really want to like, so I'm giving it a lot of goodwill. And then it just leached that out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think unless uh, uh, so, so, um, so I give this two two Torgos. Okay. I think that Jesse Bradford is very good in this in this mm-hmm. movie. I think yeah. he's doing everything he can with this role, and I'm really and I'm, charismatic. And yes. I'm kind of yes. surprised he hasn't had um, bigger more, career. Yeah, he he um, he went to film school. He's directed a feature that's on its way out. I think he's moving oh, cool. toward that side of the camera. Okay. So I'm I'm sort of curious good to see. Him. Yeah, but yeah. I've always I've always liked him, and and I think he's very good in it. And then I think there are these three or four moments that have the, with these shots that sort of allude to a better movie uh-huh. that's, that's in some other parallel universe that like touches this movie just for a in second in the better timeline yeah in the better timeline so I get this <laughs> they also got a better swim fan exactly, exactly who knows what else is terrible in that timeline yeah. but swim fan's pretty good yeah. um, so I give it two Torgos excellent okay alright we're all pretty much on the same page I think yeah. Yeah. this is it's no, no good it's not nah. yeah. <laughs> it's a pass all right, so real good. Nick, what's real good? Okay, so I have two. I couldn't narrow it down to one, so I apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one, and the only reason I bring this up is because it just occurred to me, and I, I want to tell people about it. Uh, there's a film directed by Catherine Bigelow called Blue Steel mm. that is the male version of this. Mm. And it is, as near as I can remember, I haven't seen it in a while. As near as I can remember it, it's pretty good mm-hmm. um, and very effective. It has uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, mm-hmm. Clancy Brown, and Ron Silver, who plays the crazy right, dude. Right, that's right. That's and right. It, it, the reason this occurred to me is because you were talking about getting something from her perspective. Mm-hmm. And you do get chances in Blue Steel to step into Ron Silver's perspective a little bit here and there. And you begin to understand what's really wrong with him. And it doesn't make you like him, but you get a deeper character right. understanding. Mm-hmm. You, right. you understand where he's coming from, and then you're like, oh, shit, you know, <laughs> this is bad. Uh-huh. Um, and I also think that Catherine Bigelow will probably go down in history as one of the more underrated directors, even though she's won an Academy Award. And I know that's a big deal, but, like, people don't talk about mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. in when they mention great directors, and I think she is one of the greats. And 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 just like has directed several movies that I count in my like top twenty, mm-hmm. like greatest movies. Criminally mm-hmm. underrated. Criminally underrated. Yep. And so there's that one. Uh, so Blue Steel. If you get the chance, check it out. It's always great to see Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. So um, and the other one is a weird choice. It's a 1981 film called Possession, and it is uh, Sam Neill and Isabella Adjani. And it is a brutal film to get through, but it's about a couple going through a divorce mm-hmm. and how the man is sort of manipulating her and and trying to convince her that things are going in, in a supernatural way or whatever. Mm. And then it sort of turns on him. 
but it is a harrowing performance from Isabella Johnny. Hmm. Um, like harrowing. <laughs> she is really incredible in it. And she's one of my favorite actors. Yeah. So uh, so those are my two, Possession and Blue Steel. Nicole, what's real good? Getting to this issue of like considering both characters' choices, I have complicated feelings about <laughs> this, but Gone Girl oh, okay. uh, is is definitely much more honest. I, I have, I think the book in this case upsets me more than the movie does. Like I think that there are that uh, which like she adapted her own her own novel. I feel mm. like the 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 structure of the screenplay uh she was able to fix hmm. some of the problems i like i have i have some problems with the with the book and the way the 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 sort of like thriller twist you know uh-huh, of uh-huh. of the story the way the book is told the amount of time that we spend in um i forget his name but ben affleck's characters nick, nick yes yeah. yeah nick and amy Damn it. um <laughs> uh the way that the way that the book is in nick's head mm-hmm. like like he's this like misogynist shithead, mm-hmm. but then like we flip and like actually Amy's evil. Like something about that. Like the novel, like the book sets Spoiler it up alert. as like yeah whatever. Yep. But it sets it up <laughs> as as like it's, it's we're past that point. Yeah, we are. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, but it sets it up as being like like um, as knowing that it is telling the story of this like misogynist guy, but then it it ultimately he's right mm-hmm. right so like what like what have you actually successfully mm-hmm. done and and so I, like that some that, that just really bothers That's me and rubs me the wrong way uh and like in a way that i think the movie grapples with much mm-hmm. does a much better job it's like it, it also it, this thing of like being sort of it's not quite a cartoon but it is definitely mm-hmm. it's not it's broke as it's, it goes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like it, it's it's not trying to be like this is a totally real plausible <laughs> sequence <laughs> of events like it's not pushing that like it, it it is doing a much better job of exploring like both of these people and like how fucked up they both are and like how they are both participants in this broken ass marriage. Like definitely Amy's worse, but like they are both contributors right. to a like what is a very very broken marriage. Uh, also, completely other <laughs> like we've other, all got two. other we've all got two because I always got to recommend TV because that's what I really that's know. true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what I really know. Uh, deconstructing the ideas about uh, about you know oh, crazy I know where crazy we're going women. With this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> My most favorite. I just got to tell everyone to watch it. Uh, crazy ex girlfriend. Uh, basically, does sort of say like, okay, here is the the crazy lady doing crazy things, um, but like, let's give her a perspective <laughs> and and see why she's that way and whatever. Uh, yeah, also great. So those are my those are my two. Nicole shares videos from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend with me over Slack channels. Uh, I get the song stuck in my head. And then now I've got the song stuck (laughs) in my head. It's contagious. That's kind of our working relationship, actually. He's just sharing different pieces of media with us randomly throughout the day. Yeah, Yeah, uh, that's true. That's true. I enjoy that part of my day. (laughs) So, uh, excellent. Tobin, what's real good? Okay, this is a film also came out in 2002. Mm. Uh, And it does some of the things that this movie is trying to do much better I think I, I've not seen it for a long time so I don't know if it's truly real good mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you remember it that way but, though but I remember it that way and there's a, one part in particular I'd like to talk about so this is a, um, a film by Adrian Lyne Adrian Lyne who directed mm-hmm. Nine and a Half Weeks and Fatal Attraction he, Jacob's Ladder too, Jacob's Ladder which I adore 
He made a movie called Unfaithful. Ah, okay. Diane Lane. Yep. Diane yep. Lane yep. and uh, Richard Gere and all Olivier Martinez. Very good-looking Olivier Martinez. Yes, yes. And and in this, uh, the 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 plot doesn't really matter, but there's a point at which, <laughs> for, for this conversation, there's a point at which Diane Lane is, uh, uh, spoiler alert, has an affair with Olivier Martinez. And mm-hmm. she's, you know, they're in his house or his apartment or whatever, and they're, it's clear this flirtation is going on, and there's no real reason in her life, quote-unquote, re- like movie reason, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. why she's going to have this this affair, but she's just drawn to this guy, and it like, sparks something. In her, and you, and you were very much in her point of view through this whole part of the movie, and and you gets up to the point where they're where they're going to finally engage in this in this affair, and then it cuts to her on the train riding away uh, mm. back to her back to her house, and she's sitting there on the trains. The shots of her sitting there and and like thinking about what ha- was just happened, and then it keeps cutting back to just little snippets of of their sex scene back and forth as she's like feeling ecstasy and guilt and surprise and questioning herself uh-huh. it's just all this whole uh-huh. the whole range of of emotions she gets to play in that moment as we're cutting back to this event that she and in complex emotions too like she's she's very conflicted about what's just happened right. uh-huh. and and that that's a, an example the, the movie then goes other places and it becomes much more of a thriller in a way and in some ways more conventional it's based on a um, french movie a Claude Chabrol movie um, that that was a little less conventional, but it, but it, if nothing else, it gives you um, the, the, something of the template of this movie. But you get to see it through some other character's point of view, specifically this woman's point of view. And I just think that that, that moment alone for me makes that movie. And now I have to go back and rewatch it and see if the rest Find of it out. lives yeah, up. To yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But but if 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 nothing else, seek out that part of Unfaithful. <laughs> Well, because it speaks to much of what we talked about here. So, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. And I think that's an important thing. And, like, if you have two films that are coming out at the same time, and one of them is whether or not you like all his films, Adrian Lyne is a very talented director totally. uh, and, and, and a very competent filmmaker. Um, and it's an interesting question. It's like, what kind of film would Adrian Lyne have made out of mm-hmm. Swim Fan? Mm-hmm. You know, mm. like, I, I'm interested, would mm-hmm. he have sat, sat down and said, well, no, we need to shoot it, shoot this from her perspective. Mm-hmm. We need mm-hmm. to be over here for that close up. Mm-hmm. We need to see her watching him as he's walking down the hallway and then see her smile. We need we need that for X, Y, Z, you right. know. Right. So yeah, yeah. I think it, 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 when you have two films that come out at the same time about sort of the same thing, but one of them doesn't work and one of them does and one of them is captained by a terrific right. erotic thriller filmmaker right like that is his legacy that's really it. that's uh-huh. what he does and, yeah. and he yeah. does it fucking well mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he is he is really good at it right so that's great I'd like to go watch that again too just yeah. I, I also I love Diane Lane yeah and, and she's uh, so good in that movie she she's is so good she is very good in that movie um there was a I was also thinking of the um Michael Douglas um Dial in for Murder remake Oh yes, I don't remember what it was called anymore. I think it might have just been um, with Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, and, Viggo Mortensen um, plays this painter. Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen this? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. It's they're they're all very beautiful people. Like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, sure. Yep. Yep. Sounds good. Viggo to me. was like at the height of his. That's a good looking good man. looking yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. So uh, anyway, excellent. Some great recommendations. I think I need to go back and rewatch Possession because. Sorry, I didn't give everybody the spoiler warning on uh, ah. Gone Girl. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Do you have a feeling on spoilers? Oh, my feeling is that I don't. I don't care. You don't I, care. My, I don't care about hearing about spoilers, and I generally feel like if a spoiler like is actually going to ruin your story, then your story just sucks. Mm. Like if I know how it ends, and like that makes the story bad, then I, I, I don't know. Like I, I guess I shouldn't say that. Lots of people enjoy that kind of thing. <laughs> I don't care. Sure. Like that yeah, to yeah. me is if knowing the ending makes the 
story not enjoyable, then like I I, I won't find it enjoyable anyway. Sure, Tobin, do you feel do you have like are there is there I, a limit for you? I don't like to go into things knowing what how how they end. I, but but I but I yeah for a couple of years and I'm a year maybe or I don't know yeah. Oh the the window the yeah. window. I just to be nice to people yeah. like on Twitter. Oh yeah, mm, I don't no. like the people who go on and like, oh my god, can you start making jokes about what just happened yeah. on whatever show I'm no, watching? No, I'm the like, opposite. I have the uh, opposite. The opposite feeling. It's fair. Game of Thrones. It's fucking fair game. It is a cultural phenomenon. Stay off of the collective water cooler. Which is what like, I do. That's, like, it's yeah. like, but like it's, as it's airing, like people. Do, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, it's because I, I don't want to. We're chatting with our friends. Some, I, and maybe what it is is that I have kids and I can't watch the stuff as it airs. <laughs> so I, I've got sure. like three days to sure. like keep myself in a sure. bubble so I get a chance to. To watch the, yeah. you know, Twin Peaks or whatever, and yeah, like I don't yeah, want to yeah. know. I don't want to know. I don't have a feeling about it for television because uh-huh. I don't. I don't watch any television as it airs. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't, and I don't really care about spoilers. Like sometimes a spoiler makes me enjoy a movie more. Yeah. Or an yeah. experience more because I'm like, oh, how are they going to get there? Yeah, that's that is always my thing. It's like I'm always like, it's interesting. It's yeah. like, okay, what's the setup then? Um, I would say though, for any movie, once it's out of its theatrical run. You can talk about anything. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't buy. I mean, this. once it's closed as its theatrical run, or yeah. you mean, yeah, it's like once it's out of theaters. Once it's, it's, out, of theaters, theaters, it's out of theaters. Once it's, it's out of theaters. Yeah, you had your yeah, chance. At yeah. that point, I'm allowed to talk about whatever I want to talk about. Yeah. But yeah. I understand people who are like, "Well, I haven't gotten this week." And sure, it's yeah, a big, yeah, the yes. Whole thing yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. Twist. Movies, um, movies. I do. I, ha- I am much more like, okay, like don't you? Yes, that. Well, because there's that not I a agree. time. Yes, it's not like a time slot. That yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a different, a different space. Yeah. So that's my feeling. There, you know, but there's there's lots of great Chrome plugins for the TV shows that can block out all the words. That's You're Game just asking of for people to do work. I, well, you know, I, it's really simple. It's not it's not work. I just got there's a Game of Thrones blocker. If I don't watch it on Sunday night, I turn it on, and that's that's it. You've it's seen done. me try to oh, use Chrome amazing. plugins. It's beautiful. It's so good, and it knows it's got like it's like a very well updated like it's got it's like names of all the major characters, like any term, and it's just like on your social media feed. There's just like a black bar that says may contain Game of Thrones. Spoilers. Wow. You, you know, you can un, you can reveal it or not. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that's your choice. So, well, anyway. Okay, I'll have to have you show me how to use <laughs> yeah, this. Okay. Yeah, old man Jenkins can't <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. teach you. Um, <laughs> seminar on that. Thanks. I want to thank both of you for potting with me so much. Uh, I appreciate it. This was a really fun movie to watch and talk about for me. <laughs> it's not a fun movie. No, it's no. not. It's it's not a fun movie. It is. It's and fun it, to grapple with. It's though. fun to grapple with. Like, And I love a movie that, like, all the pieces are there. This was also, I enjoyed this, like, combination of things, because, like, I got to talk about, like, my, like, you know, my sociology shit, yeah. and then you guys got to <laughs> explain filmmaking to me. Was, this was good. It was good. It was great. So, uh, <laughs> thank you both so much. Uh, Tobin, where can people find you? They can find me at Tobin Addington on Twitter, and uh, I guest host on a lot of uh, podcasts for the Cage Club Network. That's cageclub.me. And uh, the connection to this movie, we just uh, releasing our, our Cinemakers uh, podcast, which is following the, the movies of Steven Soderbergh and his movie King of the Hill, which we just released the podcast for, stars Jesse Bradford in one of his very, very first roles as a 12-year-old kid surviving the Depression. So wow. you should seek that out. I didn't realize he was a child actor. Yeah, he's, and he's really good in it, yeah. Because huh. so, if you're any kind of good actor and you work with Steven Soderbergh, you're going to be yeah. good. And Adrian Brody's in this movie and he's really good. Holy crap. And, oh. yeah, and he's like 17 or maybe he's 20, playing 17. Anyway, <laughs> so go uh, go to Cinemakers, uh, cageclub.me, and uh, check out a little more about uh, Jesse Bradford. Excellent. Okay. Nicole, where would you like people to go? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and all the things at Sweeney Says. 
um, or on snarksquad.com. Where you just did your first... Inhumans. Oh, God. Yeah, we just started watching Inhumans because we let the internet vote on what fall TV show to watch. And predictably, this democracy's broken. (laughs) Uh, We know this. So. (laughs) I read it. It was... A fucking train wreck yep. of just, oh God, I felt yeah. so bad for you guys, you know, but I enjoyed reading it so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I am Nick Jenkins. You can find me at NG Jenkins on Twitter, which is my favorite place, or you can uh, follow the podcast on at Real Bad Pod. Uh, we're going to be at PodCon. Well, at least I'm going to be at PodCon, uh, and I'll have some stickers, hopefully to hand out and uh, please go on and let us know what bad movies you would like us to talk about it's not that we're running low but I would love to hear from <laughs> you we guys. got a big spreadsheet we too. got a big spreadsheet <laughs> and uh, uh, one of our main concerns is like we condense all five of these movies into one episode <laughs> <laughs> Tobin and I keep talking about that with Highlander yeah, right? yeah. nobody else wants to watch these but me so I don't know what to do anyway uh, yeah submit on uh, at real bad pod And uh, tell us what you'd like us to talk about. Until then, this has been Real Bad.